0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. My name is Kevin Hughes. I'm the regional manager for HumanWare. I'm up here solo by myself today. Uh, I usually travel with a blindness product specialist, but being the, the schedules of late, it's been difficult. So uh, I am very glad to be here. Um, I live in Colorado. I have been with HumanWare now for 16 years. So I've got yeah I've been I've been around a long time I'm a, I'm a relic in this industry, um, and the the title of my of my discussion this morning is called it uh, Humanware and and products for the future. Um, Humanware is very much engaged in developing technologies for education, rehab, and consumer use. So we we have an emphasis on technologies that are going to improve lives, but yet. Uh, you hear the term all the time level the playing field but it is it is very true about having technologies that um, children in classrooms can can use to to keep up in the classroom and stay efficient along with along with sighted peers as as we see a lot of kids now are being mainstreamed into schools and the technologies are very crucial to their you know to their educational experience and so uh so, yeah, I live in Colorado. I've uh, I've got two boys. I'm married. I live in Golden. Uh, sometimes we come up here and we talk, and, you know, you guys, you know my name, but you don't know who I am. Uh, so I, you know, sometimes I, I step out of the box a little bit and kind of let folks know that I've got kids, too, and I've got hectic schedules and traveling all over the place. I cover 18 states, wow. and I work with uh, generally... Uh, distribution di- distributor network. So in in the Los Angeles area, we're, we're very fortunate to have Sweetman Systems that represent Humanware products. And I can I can thank you for that. That's, uh, that. That that applause is well deserved. I can tell you that uh, out of my entire dealer network that that I represent that represents Humanware, uh, the Sweetmans are, are absolutely the best. Um, and it and really uh, it comes down to. Uh, The support of of all of these technologies are are critical. Uh, I I can't emphasize that enough. And, you know, the importance of these tools, we we all know how important they are. But you've got to be able to have somebody as a lifeline when things go wrong. And I've got teachers that call me all the time, and I'm fine with that. You know, it's it's, it's all about solving problems and, and getting things working again. But um, I'm fortunate, again, to have Sue and Bob down here to, to facilitate those, those types of needs. So I'm gonna start out with um, the BrailleNote product line. See, I've got visuals on the screen here, so I'll describe them the, the, the best I can. You know, Before you, before you talk about you know, things you have now and things that you're developing, and, and I'll talk a little bit about what's coming. Um, you oftentimes got to take a few steps back and say, "Where did we start with this stuff?" You know, um, Humanware started out in Loomis, California, as a very small group. I think some of you folks may remember Jim Halliday and, and Jerry Coons and Rick Plesha and the group. Um, they they were a very small group that, uh, back in the late '80s and early '90s, they they did see the future in this, and they committed themselves to. Um, you know, to getting out in the field and showing technologies. And Jim uh, Jim partnered up with uh, Russell Smith, who was the original founder of Pulse Data uh, out of New Zealand. That's the, that's the group that hired me many years ago. And Russell tragically died in a plane crash in 2005. It, it was horrible, yeah. Um, but before that, um, Russell, the Pulse Data Group, purchased the humanware, little humanware group out of Loomis, and they decided on the name humanware. And so that's, that's where that came from. And back in the year 2000 was the introduction of the first BrailleNote, uh, BrailleNote classic. I haven't seen one in, in probably five years, but I did have a lady at V-Rate conference in Phoenix yesterday, said she still uses hers. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and and she, I said, you know, you've taken good care of that thing if, you, uh, <laughs> if it still works. Uh, she was asking about a battery. I don't, don't know if we can do that. But, <laughs> but anyway, back, you know, back when, when that Braille note first came out in the year 2000, we introduced it at CSUN. And uh, ironically enough, Bill Gates was there. And there is a picture out there somewhere on the Internet of Bill Gates and, and Russell Smith with a Braille note. And they're looking at it. And I think even Jim Halliday was in the picture. But back 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 then, um, you know, obviously there was no Wi-Fi on the device. Uh, in terms of storage, we had a it was a little uh, PCMCIA slot on the side of it, so it was about the size of uh, three credit cards thick, you know, maybe quarter inch, and it plugged into the side of it. But it was revolutionary at the time because for the first time we were able, well, blind folks were able to exchange information immediately with mainstream technologies. We had a serial port on it. We had a um, parallel, port. parallel port. You're right. It was a parallel. Parallel serial converters and such, so you could emboss from it. Uh, I don't believe you were able to print from it. Oh, you were? Infrared. Was there an infrared port on it? So you guys know more about this than I do. You should pass the mic around. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so it was, it was certainly revolutionary. And what we did is we had a software system called KeySoft that originally ran on a DOS system back in the 90s. And so we, take it, we took that KeySoft system that was it's a very linear-based system. You know, you, you give it a command and it does something you expect it to do. If you're in a menu, it goes up and down the menu. And the efficiency being that if you knew the first letter of something you needed to go to, you braille the first letter and there it would go. You'd be there. So the efficiency, the ability to you know, connect to mainstream cables at the time, um, you know the thumb key design, you know where a user can rest their fingers on the braille display and have that those thumb keys right there without having to move your fingers was a ergonomic design that was not by accident. It's still something we, we use today on the on the touch. Uh, so that that took us till about the year 2004, and then we we came up with this uh, new braille called Empower. And m was, uh, was able to do the Wi-Fi with a compact flash wireless card. And it did have the infrared, it had Bluetooth on it. Uh, not, a very, not a very robust Bluetooth, but it, it did work with some printers. Uh, we were able to print, we had USB ports on the back. So the, the MPower took us up until about the year 2009 or 10 when we came out with the Apex. Uh, Remote Apex was a tremendous success for HumanWare. We, we were able to slim down the design, we were able to um, you know, add some more memory to it, processing speed, and it really took us, at the time, it, it got us current with technology. Um, we had Wi-Fi on board, which was a big deal. We had Bluetooth on board back then. Uh, we were able to USB print, we were able to uh, email efficiently. Uh, and as you know, things things change. I mean, the, the technologies and mainstreams change so quickly, and you know, being with the manufacturer, I can tell you, you know, on the in the background, how how difficult it is to keep up. You know, in the grand scheme of things, we're just a small, tiny technology company. In in our field, we're, we're you know we we're, we forefront. You know, there's a, there's a few of us out there that um, that everybody knows in, in this field. Uh, so it's difficult for us to to keep pace with things. Um, so the Apex Apex took us. Well, first let me change my slides here. I've got three pictures of of Braille Notes up here. I've got a Braille Note Classic. I've got the Empower and the Apex. So I'm going to move my slides. Whoops, I went too fast. Let me go back. Here we go. Uh, we did have voice notes. I don't know if anybody here has used a voice note, but there was um, you know there was certainly a need out there for folks that. Either they couldn't read braille fast enough, they, uh, they didn't want to learn braille for whatever reasons, or they couldn't, they couldn't read it for other purposes. So we had these voice note devices that either you could choose a braille or a window type keyboard. Um, you know, Looking at the overall distribution of these products, um, we didn't really, in the grand scheme, we didn't sell a lot of these braille note, or these voice note types of devices. So when we went to just the braille note touch, uh, we don't have a Braille Note Touch voice note. Every Braille Note Touch that's out there now has a Braille display on it. And then my last slide before we get to the Braille Note is the Braille Note PK. That was in there somewhere. Does anybody have a PK here? Has anybody used one? Yes. Okay. Uh, we, we've got some really loyal PK folks. Uh, the size of this was something that was really telling. Uh, to us about the importance of portability. Uh, the, the PK, I guess it was about six inches in, you know, from left to right and maybe four inches from front to back. and It fit in a purse. I think that was the, the biggest deal. Women love the PK because it just fit right in their purse. <laughs> Strange enough. Um, but the PK is, was something that we, we partnered with a group in Germany to develop this for us and then we put Keysoft on it. So it was very popular, uh, but now we're moving along here, let's see where I'm at here, my Note Touch. Uh, Note Touch was introduced back in May of 2016, so we are about a year and a half into this now, and what we did is somewhere in the first three years of the BrailleNote Apex, we, we knew that uh, the Windows CE environment was not going to... Be there much longer. And as a as a company, we had, to, we had a crucial decision to make as to you know what what's next. Is, there, is the note taker going to continue to be a viable product? Or are these iPad tablets and phones just going to take over and, and we're not going to be able to compete? Uh, so we made the decision, we, we had some discussions with uh, with Google. And because they've got the the open platform with with the software development, we were able to uh, you know get up, get in with their engineers and say, hey, can we take this Keysoft operating system and can we bring it into the Android uh, system, and can we develop a tablet and with and with your stamp of approval, can we can we make this happen? And so it was a very long process. It was a difficult process. Um, even today, when we release new updates for the Browmout Touch. We have to go through all of the Google certification processes, and and that that takes a while. So sometimes when people say, "Well, you know, you promised that update, you know, a month ago. Where is it?" It's like, "Well, the you know, the update's done. We're we're waiting for the sign off from Google. We just can't release something without them, without them, uh, you know, approving it." So. So we 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 brought this out in the year 2016 and what 's been what 's been really popular with it is particularly in the education market has been the access to the Google education services and and, and with that you know there are there are certainly some challenges with that uh, as these these services and you 're talking about Google classroom and, 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 and Google Drive and Google Docs and such the, the challenges there is um, these are not applications that humanware developed so on a Braille note, when you're at your main menu, that first screen of your contacts and your email and your web browser and all of that stuff on the main screen there, that, that is all humanware developed and KeySoft imported and very controllable um, applications for us. But when you get to, we have at the very bottom of that menu something called all applications. And when you go into that all applications menu, that's the stuff that, um, that we don't have as much control over uh and we communicate with their engineers and we're getting keysoft to work in a lot of that a lot of those environments the the real important thing to understand is with these third party programs that that you can download on your on your touch so for example a currency reader there's a free currency reader called id ideal currency and you can bring that into your brownout touch and because we got a camera on the back you can open the application and the buttons are labeled so it, it, you know, when you're toggling through the controls in there, the buttons are speaking to you and you have a braille, uh, a tactile braille output as well. Um, that's because the developer of the third-party application wrote the application to the Google accessible standards. And that's really the key is as to whether or not something's going to work that you download. And if it doesn't work, um, you can simply uninstall it, because it'll just say button, 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 <laughs> or, or it might say nothing at all to you, uh, so it may not even be accessible. So We have a list on our website of user-recommended applications. It's human, uh, humanware.com, and then there's a tab for support, and then there's another tab for ground Touch. touch. You go in there and you can read about and see all the third-party applications that are recommended by our users that they've brought in and installed and, and KeySoft will work in those applications. So what we all, what we also did uh, that was a it was a, a big deal for, for us in terms of our word processing is we were able to um, your your file format in keyword now was a DOCX file format. So in terms of you know education and employment there aren't all of these extra steps you've got to go through to, uh, to, to translate back to print, to, to provide to a sighted uh, teacher or peer or colleague or parent or whatever. Uh, when you open up Keyword and you open up a new document, you are in a DOCX formatted document. So you can, you can spell check in there, you can format, you can... Um, but, but, but the overlay, it looks like a, it's a Braille experience in terms of the user perspective. You're, you're typing in Braille, you're reading in your contracted Braille formats and such. Um, and then when you're ready to give it to your teacher or your colleague or a friend or whoever, uh, you simply save the file and you put it in the folder of your choice. And then you go into your file manager and, and you have a button in there for share. And you can treat that document and send it off however you'd like. And the other important thing with, um, with respect to employment would be that we can now... Uh, with your email clients, we support all of the standard uh, email protocols that are out there. So when you set up your your um, your keymail program you don 't have to use the web browser uh, Gmail you can use keymail to set up Outlook Exchange. you can set up uh, any of your iMAP types of clients through the uh, through the through the keymail and Then you have the ability to attach files and you're working in a, in a keymail, in an email client that's entirely accessible for you. So we, we put a lot of efforts into that. And I see some hands up, but I think what I'd like to do is let me finish through the Braille note. And then once I get through my slides here, then I'll, I'll take a few questions. And then I wanted to move on to, we've got other products too. So we're going to try and get to as much as we can. I've got a visual on the screen right now of just how the Braille note looks. There's a, we have something called a smart keyboard case, and, and the smart keyboard case, when it's completely covered up, it looks just like a, a, a little, a little uh, vinyl carry bag uh, that's snug and there's magnets and it clips on there, and when you open it up, it exposes the keyboard, of the Braille keyboard and the Braille display, and then the third part of it is, is you can simply lift up the Braille keyboard itself to expose the tablet surface. And this is something very unique to the BrailleNote, is that tablet surface is literally a piece of glass that uh, is visual. So if you had, uh, you know, in a classroom environment, if you didn't have a monitor to plug it into the BrailleNote, the student can say, okay, the teacher will say, I want to see what you're working on right now. The student simply lifts up the keyboard and exposes the visual glass surface. The other uh, unique part of that glass surface is that uh, the user, what they can do is calibrate their 10 fingertips by laying their 10 fingertips on that glass. And what that glass will do is it will give you a very short haptic vibration, indicating that that surface has recognized your 10 fingertips and now you're emulating the braille keyboard, if that makes sense. So that you can completely use this device on the glass surface without the keyboard and do your brailing and do all your work in complete silence. So that that was sort of the thinking there was that we, we create an environment, and you can turn the visual display off too. You don't know, tell the kids that, but they'll figure that one out. <laughs> you can turn the visual, so, you, so you've got a black screen that nobody can see what you're doing and you're working in complete silence because you're working on the glass. I will tell you though that this does take some practice. Um, my, I don't want to call them older, I guess my more senior customers are not thrilled about this. They actually like the tactile feel of pressing buttons and I totally get that. Uh, my friend Jerry Coons, who was a beta tester, didn't have a keyboard for about six months and it about drove him crazy. Um, poor Jerry didn't like the to touch surface. But we see kids generally pick up on this very quickly. Hands are smaller, right? They're used to swiping and touching and, uh, on, on tablets. So it's not such a big deal for the younger kids. The other thing you can do finally with this glass surface is if you press the two outer thumb keys together, you're turning off that method of where you're calibrating your fingertips and you're turning it into a swiping explore by touch mode. Right, so it's more familiar to what you do on your phones today. When you're swiping and double tapping and flicking and doing gestures and swiping this way up and down, you can literally turn this brown notes touch glass surface into that environment. And, then, and an example why you would do that, in the PowerPoint application for Microsoft, you go to the Play Store, you get your Microsoft application, and when you open that up, you can literally read the text of the slides. But what you've got to do, you, you have to go into this Explore by Touch mode to swipe to go to the next slides. So, you can certainly do uh, presentations with, with the Braille Mode Touch using PowerPoints. What you can't do at the moment is you cannot create content. And we, we are in discussions with, with Microsoft to, to fix that so that we would have eventually a fully fully accessible PowerPoint client where one could create slides and create content and then give presentations right, right from the BrailleNote Touch. So that's, that's, a, that's a goal of ours. Hang with me, I'm almost done. I see more hands up. So a couple other things about the Braille BrailleNote Touch. Uh, available 18 or 32 Braille cells. We still have the thumb keys. Working with Android, obviously, um, I talked about the email client. Our web browser is Firefox based. So when you're using Internet with the Brown Touch, you want to use Key Web. A lot of folks go over to the Chrome side, uh, where the all applications are, and it's not as it's not as efficient over there. They the Chrome is not all that accessible at the moment. Yeah, okay, introduction of the touch screen, I've talked about that. Okay, we do have support for multiple languages, I want to mention that. So we do have a menu in the options menu where you can configure, uh, gosh, there's, there's hundreds of braille tables. What, what, the, the important part of the, of the language is being able to find the text-to-speech voice. And I believe we're up to over 20 languages right now. Uh, supported on the braille node And then you go in and you establish your braille tables that you're going to use and your method of input and your computer braille table. And while you're in a document, you can have up to ten languages enabled. I don't know anybody that has that many, but um, we have many folks that are learning Spanish or French or German and along with English. And so within one document, you can toggle between the two, the two languages that you're working with. And then finally, the last part of the Braille note that is, uh, we're putting probably most of our development is is, is in the math. And I'm going to switch over to my next slide. Um, and we have an application called KeyMath, and the latest version of KeyMath allows for the Braille student in the classroom to be able to literally graph, uh, create visual graphs. If you can believe that, I can I can actually show show that. Um, in the booth. I don't know if I would have time to do it here. I could, um, but it's going to have me do a bunch of setup. But the, the, what, what one would do is when they go into, they're in a Word document, right? You're doing your normal Word document and you want to create some math. You give the Braille mode a command and you go into an application called KeyMath. It flips you right over there. Um, and the assumption is, is you know how to plot your graphs using the Nemeth code. You give the Braille mode a command and you're in graphs typesetting mode. You create your graph and you hit the enter key and literally on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, the BrailleNet the will show you the visual graph, the X and Y axis. It will show you the, the line segments or whatever coordinates you plotted. The different lo- the lines will be different colors for the teachers so they can see. And then, and then what you can do from there is, and I saw this I saw this a couple weeks ago and I'm still trying to get a grip on this one. We have something called tactile preview mode. And what that means is that if you imagine that you had an embossed graph, which we can do with, with these graphs now. We can, with a new Juliet and Romeo embosser, we did, we've got this um, Firebird graphics program. It's called Key Graphics. And you can, you can emboss those graphs out to, with one of these embossers. But this tactile preview mode is like if you had your fingertips, you're using the linear display, if you can imagine that. And, it, and you've got the top of the graph, you've got your fingertips on the top of the graph, and there's somebody pulling the paper away from you, and your fingers are there, but imagine that linear display is changing as they're pulling that graph away from you. It's gonna take some practice, but you can, if, you know, if you've got if you've got these line segments, your Braille display is gonna change as you're pulling that graph down. So it's something we call pre- tactile preview mode. Um, but the big part of this is the ability to, if you've got the embossers, is to be able to plot the graph, and then, and then using our graphics program, emboss that graph out. And then finally, what you do is you, you literally export the, the Nemeth equations that you've used. You export that back into your original document. And then you can open up a preview mode, and your teachers can see it right there, what, you're, what you've done and what your graph looks like. So that's something we're pretty excited about. Okay, I think I've talked enough about the problem. I, somebody on my right over here had their hand up almost the whole time, so... <laughs>
1: Uh, you sir. My name. My name is Michael Sherman. I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge human, human warfare fan. I have a. I have an empower myself. But when I heard when I heard someone say "bro, not touch," I'm like, I think to myself, is this going to be an all touch screen unit? And there's going to be no more buttons. Everything's going to be on touch screen because because the reason the reason why I said that uh, and I'm like because if it's if, if they're going all touch screen. A
0: lot of people are not going to want to buy this machine. It, it's, not, it's not all touchscreen. There's There's literally a the tactile Braille keyboard. So rest easy. <laughs> Thank you, though, for your for your question. Uh, oh, to my right here, blue shirt. Yes, right that Hi. there. Um, two questions, but I'll try to make them brief. Um, the, the fact that you're using KitKat
1: and are still using KitKat, how, you know, as... You know, as Google, you know, as the operating systems go forward, how do you, how will you deal with that? And then, I guess the the second question is, you know, the 18 and the 32, other than the the cells, are basically the same size. There's no way you can, you're ever going to come out with a smaller chassis. I guess that would be a whole different tablet for the 18. You're you're referring to a smaller.
0: Design of a yeah, touch. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, well, you know, because basically they they would weigh the same, you know, as as constituted now, an 18 cell and a thirty two cell. So I was just wondering if if you're ever gonna if, if there's been talk of having a smaller, you know, Braille no touch essentially. I, I haven't
0: heard those those discussions. Uh, we have a Braille. I have a brilliant 14 up here that we'll talk about that. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, to answer your first question with the, the KitKat, and it's, it's a legitimate question um, about the operating system, what, what we've been able to do is, um, when, when this was all in development, KitKat was the most accessible platform in, within which to put Keysoft on. So that's the first thing. We, we, we went with that because of it was the most accessible version. Now, as as the Android versions you know progress, um, what we're able to do... Is with our engineers communicating with the Google engineers, we're able to take the most accessible components of the of like say Marshmallow, for example. Uh, we're able to take the most accessible components of that and bring it into our system. So for the time being, we're, we're okay. We're, we're we're not really um, we're not really at at too much risk for that because the, the the most important thing here is the accessibility of the device. And if we were to completely drop everything, and try and import Keysoft back into a, a later version of Android, It's a tremendous risk. So what we're doing is we're looking at these at these newer versions and testing it in the background to see how Keysoft interacts with it. And if it, if it makes sense to do it, we, we, we will. We will do it. But for the time being, at least for the short term, we're, we're staying with the KitKat, but yet we're able to bring in um, accessible parts of, of later versions. And I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Uh, there was a question. Is that Steve over there? Steve's got his hand. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Steve. Um, how are you guys dealing with uh, the Firefox changes, quantum? Are you going to stick with the older version of Firefox for KeyWeb, key or, or what's happening on that front? I do not know the answer to that one, Steve. I, I, I can get you an answer. Um, I think it's a good question. We, we are updating the securities with Firefox. I know that. But that's that's a little bit above my pay grade, to be honest. <laughs> This is always the risk. You get smarter people in the room that ask you hard questions, and you can't answer them. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of hands up. Uh, to your left, Steve. There was a question there.
1: Yes. Um, um, I know in uh, the Empower in the Apex, uh, switching between languages was a bit problematic. Yeah. Um, has that been improved?
0: You, all you've got As to, far to do. Switching y- the yes, quality it, quality. it is improved because all you've got to do is. In the options menu, we have something called uh, Configure Primary Language, right? So that one is default as English, uh, Texas Speech. I think it's Heather Ryan. Uh, your Braille table is set up for uh, Duxbury UEB Grade Two. So you've got the standard defaults there. And then we have something called Configure Secondary Language. And when you go into that, and when you go there, that's where you there's, a, there's a, an option for Manage Voices. So you find the voices that you want to support that language. And then you set up your braille tables from there. Right. So then so then, when you're in your document, you've already got that secondary language set up. And so it's an enter with L I think is the command that will toggle you over to that secondary language. And
1: have you guys improved on the uh, terminal mode? Because I know that was sort of an issue as far as pairing with, um, with other mobile devices.
0: Yeah, that's, that's working pretty well. That's working pretty well. Uh, let's see, let's, let's go to my left here, sir. Uh, I don't know yeah. your names. It's <laughs> Brian. Um, Hi, Brian. Yeah.
1: so the uh, for those of us who, like for instance, my wife and I have an Apex,
0: and if we wanted to move to a rail, that's the thing that neither one of us has any control over. You know, human wear doesn't, to be fair, is is the price. It costs so much to make these things, but to move up to another place is a bit. Nicely, is there any trade in the value? Yes, and, and actually that's on this slide right now. So I'll go through this quickly, and then I'll answer two more questions before we move on. So um, a couple things. Um, we are running a promotion right now uh, through January 31st where the Apex, if you have an Apex or, any, or, for that matter, any Braille device with 20 Braille cells or more, we're offering $1,600 of trade value to, to that. So we, we take that in, that sixteen hundred we give you sixteen hundred dollars off of thirty-two cell Braille Note touch. So the touch is retail at fifty four ninety five and you minus your sixteen hundred. We take the braille cell device that you've traded us and we're actually we're actually refurbishing all of these trade ins and we're donating them to um, to developing countries. I know that we have partners all over the world that are identifying yeah, thank you. That's, this was something that our uh, president, Joe Pepin, um, uh, decided that this was an important thing for us to do. So it's not like we're taking these old Braille devices and throwing them in a tra- trash sheet behind HumanWare somewhere and dumping them in the Quebec River. It's actually going to a really good cause. So it's, if, it's, if it's less than 20 Braille cells, we're offering 800, $800 trade value. Does that apply to any other devices that you have? We, uh, only the Braille touch line. So, if it's if you wanted to get the Bromo Touch 18-cell device, is $3,995. So, if you had if you had a Braille cell device you wanted to trade in, we would we would offer $800. Right in front of me. Yes, ma'am. Uh, um, I have a question. I uh, have a BrailleNote in case. How
1: much uh, the 32-cell? How much would it be if I wanted to trade in?
0: You you have a 32 cell brownout now, and you want and you're considering a trade. Training.
1: Training. Oh, training. Yeah. To get
0: training. Are you are you low No, low no, low? not
1: training. Trade, 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 trade.
0: It's it's worth $1,600 oh. towards a 32 yeah. cell brownout touch. Yes. Thank you. Behind you. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. The camera, yes, is in the so, holding touch over with mm-hmm.
0: little crystal. Okay. So, how do you move okay, a user away uh, from the user's stand Okay, no, you bring up a good point. The, the, the question has to do with the, the weight of the Brownout Touch. And if the user wants to take advantage of the KNFB reader... Program on the Braille Note Touch. You, you, you've got a. There's a little bit of skill involved with your elbows and lifting it up, and then aligning the camera and such. So we we are investigating a stand for for that purpose. This is this came up yesterday as well. So having a a stand where you could just prop the Braille Note Touch on top of a stand and put your document underneath it. That's what you're referring to? Yes. Yeah. That that's something that I think we need to we need to uh, fix that. So um, I I know that that we're investigating something. So thank you for bringing that up. There was a... In the back? Yes, go ahead, sir. You're referring to an to an iPhone.
1: Yes. He's asking if uh, you can bring them back to hardware. I guess I don't
0: understand the concern here. Um, He's
1: asking if uh, you would be willing to uh, make a smartphone with buttons because the iPhone is too hard to to touch, and the buttons are too flat on a lot of the devices. Kind of like the old
0: trekker with the overlay over top of it with the PDA. Is that something like that? You want an accessible smartphone with a TACO keypad. Yes. Okay, you want me to take that back to humanware. And yeah. I will do that.
1: <laughs>
0: that. I mean, that's the first time that I've had that request, but it actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, is there a question up front here? Yeah, go ahead, sir. Kathy Potter would like,
1: you know, she said she had the Alba. And now, okay. She says, but the plug doesn't work
0: with her computer. She's, she wants to know if
1: anything that's compatible for the plug to fit her computer. Or she says, if she can exchange it for one that does have a plug, you know, it's in good condition. There is there any exchange value for that? And then, and then, and then, and then. I don't
0: think we have ALBA cables. That's what you're okay. asking. No Alva um, cable. I, I would. Uh, we can offer. I mean, we can offer a few hundred dollars for the trade. Yeah, we can. We can work with her on trading the ALBA into a Brilliant. Okay. Offline, we can discuss that. Okay. I'm, I'm fine talking about that. Yeah. That's an old display, though. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'll take one more question right there, ma'am. Uh, the, the question has to do is why we chose Android with BrailleTouch and not Apple. Well, just did did you guys ever think about like or, because Apple has a
1: good like, uh,
0: experience in terms of Yeah, we were, we, we and, and you know what, we do work with Apple. We we do work with them on our Braille displays because we've got to have our Braille displays compatible with VoiceOver. So it it, it didn't have anything to do with we didn't want to work with Apple. It had more to do with uh, the efficiencies and how quickly we can get access to certain codes with, with Android so it was it's, it's referred to as more of an open source of software so we're able to, to develop things more quickly that way Apple's fine to work with but it's, it's not as easy as working the other way okay okay I'd like to, um, I'd like to move on because there's some other things up here that you may have some interest in. Okay, I wanted to... Um, my, my next slide here, we're going to talk a little bit about the Victor Trek. And and uh, I, I regret that Bob Sweetman left the room. Because <laughs> Bob's been a beta tester from the beginning, and, and, and I haven't. So I, I do have a Victor Trek with me. Okay, the, this... Um, has anybody seen one? No. Nobody's seen one? Okay, uh, well... I know the Sweetmans have them at their table, and I've got one at my table, and and I know that this is you know we've been talking about this for a while, and the, the Trekker Breeze was a popular product for us, and the Victor Stream has always been very popular uh, with our with our customers, and so we had to when when the when the Trekker Breeze when we found out that we weren't able to get parts for the Trecker Breeze we had to decide what we were going to do with GPS. Is human wear still going to be in the GPS business? And we had a lot of discussions with the guide dog schools across the country and the VAs, and uh, we realized how important it was through their programs to to have an entirely accessible GPS program. And at the same time, there were discussions about what are we going to do with the Victor Stream? We were missing some things with the version two, like Bluetooth, for example. And so we decided, well, let's do one product for this. And and so we're happy to announce that we shipped our first several hundred units out at the end of October. Um, Little little quirks still here and there that we're ironing out, but everything I've heard so far, it's it's been very well received. And issues that we're having can be addressed with software. I was on the beta list this morning reading some stuff, so. Um, but what we did is the button interface is exactly the same as what you had on your Victor Reader Stream. So if you were to, to hold one of these, you're gonna, it's going to feel. You're going to say first off, oh, it's lighter and it's a little bit thicker. And what we also did is we added some more tactile markings on it. So we put two buttons on the two little tactile buttons on the number five, for example. And we put on the 4 and the 6 key on the outer left of the 4 and the outer right of the 6, we put like a little half shell that, that raises up. And then on the number 2 key, we did the same thing in the 8. So you're gonna, you'll notice there's some, some improved tactile markings. Um, we've got a faster processor uh, for downloading of maps and information and downloading of updates. Uh, the battery life is somewhere about the same Uh, between 10 and 15 hours that will certainly vary depending on what you're doing with it if you're just listening to a book uh, from NLS you'll probably see the same battery as you would with the old stream but if you're running Bluetooth and you you know you're doing some other things in the background with it you're out out with GPS that will draw the battery down Improved process. I'm just reading my my bullet notes here. Bluetooth chip, obviously. Uh, Water-resistant case, which hasn't shipped yet. Uh, The first batch of units, uh, we were delayed on the case, so we had to decide, are we going to make people wait for the case, or are we just going to ship the units without the case, and they'll get the case later. So we did that. So people have units now, they just don't have a case. Okay, the the, the one thing that... um, that this this device, in terms of the the GPS, this is gonna support the latest iBeacon technology for future software updates where there will be indoor navigation available. So you guys probably know more about this indoor navigation than I do, I'm learning about it. Uh, My understanding is that there are these uh, receptacles throughout the buildings that the the breeze, not the breeze, the trekker would identify when you're in orientation mode inside. So that's something that's, that's a future update, but the device internally is prepared for that. The, uh, the GPS chip, it supports this upcoming Galileo Navigation Network, which we hear is going to be available in a few years, and, and what that does is literally puts you down to about three square feet of where you want to be. So it's not here today, but again, we've got the internal technology to support that when available. Uh, we do have an FM radio chip. That's not ready now, but they're telling me version 1.1, you'll have the FM radio. And we talked about the uh, the software for the maps and the downloads. That's, that's already available in here. So our current special through the end of this year is $599 for this product. Uh, after that, the plan, it's going to go up by $100 after that. And so... Um, Bob and Sue uh, again uh, will direct you to them for uh, for distribution of of uh, pre-orders for this. Uh, right now, the I don't want to say bad news, but these are backordered right now until the middle of January. So, if this is something you want to get involved with, you can I would place your orders quickly. And you can always cancel them later, although I don't think you will. Is um, so the price still good even
1: now if we it can't get it? Yes. January. It is, sir. Yeah. So it's pre order. Yeah, pre
0: order before December 31st. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out on a limb and take questions. <laughs> <laughs> right here in front. Yes, sir. Um, I have both the Trecker movies and Victor
1: in screen, and I'd like to upgrade if there going to be
0: any sort of trade in. Uh, we, we don't have any trade ins available at the moment. Thank you, though. You got a question right here in front. Yeah, cracker. Trecker, uh, I know if we're going forward and intersecting and that does not give you north-south direction? Uh, that's not my understanding. Okay, so I mean, when, I view, when I've done I've done Breen's workshops and it'll say, you know, Main Street heading north, next intersection, First Avenue, and it describes the intersection. So that's, that's the one thing that, that we've done with this software is we've tried to make it as accessible as, the, the detail as we possibly can for, for the, for the uh, visually impaired traveler. That's, that's what makes this different. Uh, there's a gentleman with his hat backwards with his hand up. Yeah, please. yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was wondering if you have any braille displays on the iPhone or iPad? Are there braille displays for the iPhone and the iPad? Yes. Many of them. Yeah, the I just if to get a the bit on the braille. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, I've got this little brilliant 14 that'll pair up with your phone. Yeah, we can show you that uh, right in front of you. Um, are you going to be
1: doing a promotion on the picture stream?
0: You know, we, we uh, probably. I think that's a that's a good question. We we generally do them. I mean, this is a, an industry secret, but we generally do them at the end of the quarter, <laughs> when the, when we try and move product at the end of the quarters. But. Um, we, we almost always do, and, and I could say Black Friday is coming up. And I have not seen the Black Friday special, but I would suspect there could be something in there for the stream. Yes. And the stream's not going away, by the way. We will still have the Victor Reader stream as a standalone as it is today. Uh, let's go. Right here. Yes.
1: If, if you buy the, the stream mm-hmm. and it does not, doesn't work for somebody, is it returnable? Is there...
0: It's, it's generally, if, if somebody buy all of the humanware products purchased directly from us are th- have a 30-day return policy. When you get it through the dealer, they generally offer the same thing. Yes. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. I wanted
1: like to know, um, if you input an address with speech into the, uh, what, it, what do you calling it? Again? The Victor <laughs> Tracker. The Victor Tracker. Um, it doesn't quite get the, the street name right. Is there any way to edit that?
0: Yeah, you, you don't use speech to put the addresses in. You use the the numeric keypad on the on the device. So each each so on the Victor stream, you have a button pad of three buttons left to right, and then four four buttons going down. So one, two, three, just like a telephone keypad. So the number two, for example, is your A, B, and C. And so if you're putting your addresses in, you're 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 pressing the the number that's associated with the letter, and when you hear the letter. You let go of it, and then it will—it'll click and input the letter. Oh,
1: yeah, it's like texting on those old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah.
0: folks get pretty quick at doing that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to my left. There's a pocketbook around your neck? Oh yeah. Oh yes,
1: this is uh, Denise. I have a question on the uh, Bluetooth uh, pairing with different devices. Is it similar to the way you can pair Bluetooth headsets, you know, like like this one, mm-hmm. uh, with the track?
0: It's it's in well the, the, the original uh trek didn't have Bluetooth. No, I mean the
1: one so, the Victor track, I'm
0: sorry. The Victor Trek, yeah, you use the seven key to go into the Bluetooth menu for search oh, for oh, pair okay. de, for devices. Oh thank you. And then you use your four and the six key to go through the menu to find the device you want to pair it with and you confirm it and then yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go way in the back. All the way against the wall. Yes, there is. There is still. There's one jack that will be both for microphone and headphone. The support for learning how to use it. His name is Bob Sweetman.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's. And I'll, I'll also add to that that there is. Um, we we have on the website. We we put a lot of efforts into into our online. Um, online materials in terms of uh, audio tutorials and video tutorials and documentation, Uh, I mean you've got to. So we've got, we'll we'll have a lot of material there. I'll take one more question before I move on. Uh, First one to ask. All right, I'll pick one. Will you you
1: ever put a camera in the Victor
0: Reader track? Will we ever put a camera in the Victor Reader track? You know I, I hate to say we would never do something but I, I can't imagine that we would do that but if you if somebody can explain why I I think we would listen to that.
1: Oh well,
0: I mean I thinking uh, there's other you know that have like, Oh I see for for OCR. Yeah. Okay no I get it now. I wasn't mean I didn't mean to be smart. I I I, I yeah um well, so look at look at it this way um you know the decisions that development has to make is is uh, okay if we put a camera in here now your price goes from five hundred or six hundred ninety nine dollars up to let's just call it eleven hundred dollars. How many more of these have to be sold to make up that difference on our end? I it would be like if you have one on the yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, sir, to my right, next to Steve.
1: Um, more of a comment. I just, uh, I was one of the, uh, probably one of your first shipments, and I really love the device. Um, however, I've discovered uh, that M4A files are not playing on that. Is there a fix for that?
0: I, I wasn't aware that we didn't support that file type. Uh, I, think, I think the best thing to do would be to document it. And if you could send that to me, I'll give you a card.
1: I think I did. it. In. You did. Yeah. It would,
0: have you been answered yet?
1: I I got something, but I was just wondering if, if that was something that was looked at
0: or. or uh. I'm sure it's being looked at, and if if, if it's a problem, then I'm, I'm sure it's it's being addressed. So. Okay, I want to move on. I've got ten minutes, so. And, and and I'll ask. I'll I'll take some questions at the end. I did want to address this uh, this new Prodigy Connect. So I'm just going to go to Low Vision just for a few minutes here because we do we do have Low Vision technologies. And this this Prodigy Connect, we it's um, it's available on quota as Mat Connect. So it's literally the same product. But what it is, and my screen is just showing, it, it's a 12 inch I guess 12 inch CCTV that supports near viewing. Distance viewing, and also OCR, and it folds up and it's portable and it weighs about eight pounds. So it's a very popular item in the classroom, and I just wanted to address it because some some folks may not know about this, and it is it's been a useful, very useful, efficient product in the classroom. Um, it's 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 a portable. Yeah, it's a, it's an Android-based system. Again, you can see the direction we're going with this stuff. Um, we're able to uh, you know to quickly. Uh, add features and enhancements to these devices. Uh, this one does have a, it, it does have the, a speech to it. Uh, you could capture documents underneath it. It uses a Kodak camera for distance. Um, and something, something new that we've done with this is imagine that you've, you're in a classroom and you've got a worksheet and you have low vision. You can put the worksheet underneath the tablet, take a picture of it, and then go into a, a, a mode where you can literally edit that document right on the tablet. So that's that's something that we're we're finding to be very useful in the classroom. So rather than trying to work with a document in a live mode underneath the camera, you can literally just use the tablet surface with your finger, or with a stylus, or if you've got a, a QWERTY, uh, one of these little Bluetooth keyboards, you can you can control the um, you can edit the documents using the keyboard. We're also supporting Bookshare with this device and periodicals through the NFB Newsline Services. So it's small, takes up very little room, and it's been it's been popular for those reasons. Are there any are there any questions on on Prodigy? All the way in the back of the room. Okay. The question had to do with books. Yes. I, if you have a if you have a Bookshare account, if you have a Bookshare account, you can use the Books application on the Prodigy to to get your books and bring them into the Prodigy, and it will read it to you in speech, and it will scroll the text in large print for you. It, Oh, you wanted? Yeah, if you. Well, yeah, the OCR. The OCR. If you if you put, we have something called multi capture mode. So when you lift the tablet surface up to parallel, there's room underneath the surface, and it will see a full eight and a half by eleven page. You take a picture of that page, and then if you're in the multi capture mode, you just turn the page, take another picture, and you continue to do that until you're finished with all your pages. And there's a large circular icon on the upper left and you press that button and then that document gets saved, it gets binded up, and it gets put into the gallery. And then when you open it up, you just, you could literally just open up page one and hit the play button. <clears throat> and it will just read right from start to finish. And if, if, with or without speech. <laughs> yes, you have audio if you wanted to just to listen to it. The text is going to scroll anyway, but if you just wanted to hear it, it will use the text-to-speech voice on the tablet. The the Prodigy Connect retails for twenty seven hundred dollars. If you wanted the distance viewer, it's another three hundred dollars. So we use a wireless we use a wireless camera for distance viewing. That that has its own router. So the wireless camera pairs with the tablet, and this it's a Kodak PixPro. So this is what we use for distance in the classroom. Uh, questions to my left, second row from the back. Yes, please. Yes, the Prodigy Connect comes with a carry bag that will fit the tap. It'll fit everything in there: your cables, your distance camera, and the unit itself. Yes, it's like a laptop bag. Uh, against the wall, straight in the back sir. Hi, Keith. Yes. Can you read all documents All Yeah, well, okay. I, I'm, sometimes the folks refer to like... Like like, dip, like if you got something on email. Yes, yeah. It, it's, it acts just like a standard CCTV in a live mode.
1: And it uses a part of a battery.
0: Yes. The, t- the battery is inside the tablet. So the ba- the tablet's battery is about eight hours. So it's it's pretty efficient for a full day of use. I didn't hear that. So. Rechargeable, yes. Yes. Uh, with your hat on, sir. Small small screens? I don't I don't understand. W
1: what was the question again sir Oh uh, well that's easy you over i you want to make a small screen, but that's the small
0: screen. You like your phone screen? Yeah. You could put it underneath it, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Would you like a bottle of water just kind of we're we're almost done, I'm fine. I'll make it. Yeah, thank you though. Other other questions? Okay. With my last three minutes, I'm out of slides here. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to have my Brilliant 14 with me. It showed up like two hours before I left for the airport, but I do have it. (laughs) Um, The Brilliant 14. I just want to tell you what makes this a little bit different than other portable Braille displays that are out there. It is using a low-energy Bluetooth chip. This will connect up to five devices. Um, but we, we do have a note taker mode on this little 14 cell display, and so there 's a switch on the back corner, and when you flip the switch over to the, <coughs> to the voice to the uh, notes taking mode, those notes that you take on this device will can be synchronized over to your notes folders on your phone. So we have a utility called Brilliant Sync, which is a free application on either Android or Apple phones. And with that Brilliant Sync application, you establish your, your account. Like on mine, I have my Gmail account set up. And so when, when there are notes taken on this, on this little Brilliant 14, when you're connected to your phone, those notes synchronize over to the folders on your phone or your computer or your tablets. So that's something that's a little bit different that we felt could be useful in employment settings. Questions, yes?
1: About the VI about the 14. Yep. Um, is it, when is it shipping?
0: Uh, we expect they're going to be shipping at the end of this month or the beginning of September. And what's the price? $995. We had a significant delay with this product. I would be right out front if anybody had pre ordered this. Um, we had some issues with the braille tables and the translation, so that kind of slowed us down, but we've got all that sorted out. Yeah. I didn't hear the question will they Oh, the Apex there there's no trade there's no trade ins to for this the, for the, for the There's no trade in towards the Radiant 14 oh, Okay uh, I, so? <laughs> Yeah I've got one with me uh, so I'll be back at the booth there uh, I, I believe my hour is up So thank you all for your attention you guys are great. thank you